So the Mishnah discusses a woman whose husband went overseas with no children. However, he might have had a child there. So say a woman's childless husband and her co-wife went overseas and her husband had a brother. And witness came and said, your husband died. She may not remarry because she might be subject to your bum since her husband had no children. However, she may not she may not perform your bum until she finds out whether her co-wife is pregnant. If the co-wife is pregnant and has a child, both wives are exempt from your bum. If the co-wife has no child, they are subject to your bum. Now we discuss a woman whose husband died with no children or brothers, and she therefore assumes that she is exempt from Yibum. However, it is possible that a Yavam was born. If she had a mother-in-law who was overseas, she does not have to be concerned that her mother-in-law had a son and she is bound to him for Yibum. For even if the mother-in-law did have a child, that child might be a girl who is not Yavam. The possibility that the mother-in-law had a viable child and that child is a boy is not probable enough to forbid the daughter-in-law from remarrying. Therefore, she is free to marry. However, in the first case of the Mishnah, we are concerned whether the co-wife had a child, because any child that the co-wife has exempts the wife from Yibum. Therefore, we must consider that possibility. However, however, when it comes to the mother-in-law, it's only if she had a viable son that her daughter-in-law becomes subject to Yibum, and that possibility is not probably enough to forbid the daughter-in-law from remarrying. However, if the mother-in-law went overseas while she was full, i.e. pregnant, the daughter-in-law must be concerned that her mother-in-law had a son and may not remarry until she verifies the matter. Rabbi Yoshua says that even in this case, she does not have to be concerned that her mother-in-law had a son and she may marry right away. So according to Rabbi Yoshua, even though the mother-in-law was pregnant, it is possible that she may miscarried and even if she delivered a live baby, there's still a 50% chance that, there was a, that it was a girl. Therefore, here too, it is possible that the Yavam was born. That, that Yavam was born is not likely enough to forbid the daughter-in-law from remarrying. Now, Mishnah Bet, we've learnt um, in the fifteenth parak in the fourth Mishnah that a woman may not remarry based on the testimony of her sister-in-law, the wife of her husband's brother, because sisters-in-law often hate each other and are suspected of lying to cause one another to marry unlawfully. For the same reason, a woman cannot become free of a yibum bond based on the testimony of her sister-in-law. The let's see, a woman's husband died childless. Her sister-in-law is not believed to testify that the widow's Yavam died, which means that she's free to marry a stranger. For just as a woman is suspected of lying in order to cause a hated sister-in-law to marry lawfully, she is suspected of lying to cause her sister-in-law to marry a stranger while she is really subject to Yubum. The Mishnah discusses an application of this law. Shteyavamatsi got two sisters-in-law. The wives of two brothers came from overseas. Zotamerets Ali. This one says, My husband died childless. Zotamerets Ali. And this one, uh, the other one also says, My husband died childless. This one is forbidden to remarry because she might be bound to the husband of that one for Yibum. And that woman is forbidden to remarry because she might be bound to the husband of this one for Yibum. Although each woman is her own husband died as far as she's herself concerned. Okay, as we learned in the first, par- first mission of the 15th parak, a woman who testifies that her husband died is believed as far as she herself is concerned. Namely, she's allowed to remarry based on her own testimony. But however, she's not free to remarry until it is pr- proven that her Yavam has also died. Since the only evidence that her Yavam died is the testimony of her sister-in-law and a woman may not rely on her sister-in-law's testimony, each woman must suspect that her Yavam is still alive and she's bound to him for Yavam. Thus, neither woman is free to marry. However, if other independent witnesses say that these men died, the women are free to marry. The Mishnah discusses a case where witnesses say that one of the men died. So Lazar Edim or Lazar El Edim. If this one, if one, if one, if one of the, you know, the, this one has witnesses that the husband died, and that one has no witnesses that the husband died, Et Shiyeshla Edim Asura, the one who has witnesses is forbidden to remarry. For although there are witnesses that her own husband died, and there are no witnesses that Hayavam died, she's therefore bound. She's therefore bound to him. But the one who has no witnesses is permitted to remarry. 
because there are witnesses that Hayavam died. So her own testimony confirms that her husband died, and the witnesses confirm that Hayavam died. Thus, she may re- she may remarry. She may marry someone else. Now we return to a case in which there are no witnesses that either man died. So if this one has children or that one has no, has no children, the one who has children is permitted to remarry because she's not subject to Yibum since she has children. But the one who has no children is permitted to remarry because she is subject to Yibum and she must suspect that Yavam is still alive. In the next case, neither woman had children, witnesses or children. However, the two witnesses had another, another two brothers who were not overseas. Nitsiabamu, if both women underwent Yibum to the other brothers of their husbands. So after each woman testified that her husband died, she underwent Yibum with a brother of her husband. Since she was believed to say that her own husband died, she was permitted to undergo Yibum with any of his brothers. Her sister-in-law's testimony does not affect this. So they both went and went Yibum. And the Yavam, who are now the husbands, later died childless. These women are forbidden to marry. The original problem now returns. Each woman must suspect that her sister-in-law's original husband is still alive, and she's now bound to him for Yibum because of the death of the second husband, uh, you know, his brother. Since the only evidence that her sister-in-law's husband died is the testimony of her sister-in-law, on which she cannot re- rely, she may not marry. So she might still be bound to to this to this other brother as Yavam. Rabbi Elazar. Omer, but Rebbe Azar said, Since they were permitted to marry and actually married the Avams, so the second husbands that show that their original husbands are in fact dead, therefore if the Avams die childless, the women are permitted to marry anyone. So, so Rebbe Elazar holds that a woman would not go so far as to marry unlawfully simply to ruin her sister-in-law. Therefore, if her husband were truly alive and she was lying about her, his death in order to cause her sister-in-law to marry unlawfully, she would not go so far as to actually perform yibum simply to ruin her sister-in-law. The Zinnikama, however, holds that each of them might hate their sister-in-law so much that she is willing to ruin herself as long as she can ruin her sister-in-law as well. Therefore, even though each of them married her Yavan based on her own testimony, she, we still suspect that she was lying. So have a great day.